Well, good morning. Good morning, Red Wing. My guest this week is Andy Speltz, who is our fire marshal for the city of Red Wing and our fantastic fire department. Good morning, Andy. How's it going? Good morning. I'm doing good. Thanks. I appreciate your time today. I know you guys are busy. I, I actually, I follow you guys on Facebook and I think they actually, I think it was you folks who put out how many calls you guys have responded to. And my goodness, your department is something we actually wish wasn't used quite so often because nobody likes to have a fire, obviously. And so let's start because I don't have a lot of knowledge other than investigation. I think everybody knows that when there's a fire and there's a doubt how it started, they call the fire marshal in. So maybe explain kind of your role in our department. Yeah, so currently I'm serving the role as fire marshal and have been since uh, November of 2007. So the fire marshal in Red Wing and most other municipalities is the head of the fire prevention department or fire prevention bureau. So that entails, um, it runs the gamut from fire inspections and code enforcement, fire code enforcement, public education in all walks of life, um, but specifically fire safety, and then uh, investigations, fire investigations, obviously. That must be separate training. I know uh, the fire department has paramedics as part Correct. of their unit. So did that take special training uh, for, for your role in the department? Uh, yeah. So like you mentioned, everyone down at our fire station is cross-trained as a firefighter and a paramedic first and foremost. And then from there, your career path can branch off into um, an officer type role, uh, lieutenant, captain, assistant chief, chief or to the prevention side, fire inspector, fire marshal, and there's some additional training that takes place there as well. I know we've got a building inspector in the city of Red Wing, uh, part of our uh, city's city government, and, and they're in the process of inspecting homes and apartments now. Do you have kind of a route, so to speak? How does that work? How do you decide who to, to find out whether they're properly equipped, I guess, for fire prevention? Yeah, so the state of Minnesota has a state statute that allows us to enforce the Minnesota State Fire Code. So a simple city ordinance is drafted that says we have the authority to it, the authority to enforce fire code. So that being said, we get out into all commercial buildings and public buildings and perform routine fire inspections checking for fire code enforcement. There's roughly about 600 or so, give or take, that we do. Um, 150 of those we do or so we do on an annual basis, and then the remaining we do on a biennial basis. So every two years they get an inspection from us, which involves a thorough walkthrough of the building, looking for code compliance issues. And then once we find them, um, we let the, the business owner, the customer know, hey, this is what we found wrong. This is what you need to do to correct it, and then this is why. And it's usually based on a previous incident or something that caused a fire. Um, so we're trying to prevent some of that stuff on the on the <laughs> forefront to prevent some of them issues. So we let them make a, make them aware of that, educate them why it's wrong, and then give them time to fix it. And then 30 days, 60 days, something like that, come back and, and re-inspect to verify that code compliance. That's interesting. So um, what initially drew you to this type of job? Can I ask that? Like, wh what was your interest uh, when you were uh, kind of getting into this? So I've been in the fire service since 1993 as a part-time firefighter wow. and then doing uh, career firefighter work since 2002. So the shift life is nice. It's a pretty decent schedule, but it's also pretty demanding on family life too. So you're always you on literally call. live one third of your life at the fire station when you're a career firefighter on shift. Um, so that puts a little stress on there. So um, the change to get back off the of shift and to work a, a normal, so to speak, <laughs> 40 hour schedule was the drive for me. And then, uh, yeah, the fire prevention role was, was the best fit at the time. When there is a fire, whether people are displaced or not, and God forbid there's injuries or a death, 
when do you, does your part of the job kick in? Are you on the call initially, or do you wait to be asked to come and find out what the heck is going on and how the fire started? Yeah, so every structure fire in town typically draws an all call is what we, what we say. So everyone that's working on duty responds to that call, plus they try and recall all off-duty personnel be it our paid on call firefighters or our full-time career firefighters are all recalled. So if and when available, you come and then you help out as firefighter, firefighter, paramedic, whatever sure. it needs to be during that call. And then once the fire is extinguished, properly overhauled, we know it's not gonna spread or anything like that. It's take off your firefighter helmet, hat, put on your fire investigative hat and go to work. Now I hear your radio right now. Hopefully there's not going to be an emergency while we're chatting this morning on Good Morning Red Wing. My guest uh, this week and actually our sponsors shares your first name, Andy Sports Bar and Grills. Nice enough to sponsor this each and every Thursday morning on Good Morning Red Wing. We appreciate Andy Speltz, our fire marshal for the city of Red Wing. And now we have a state fire marshal as well. When do you folks have to call him in? Yeah, or so, him or her, I yeah, should so say. Yeah, so uh, the State Fire Marshal Division does, besides fire investigations, they also do some inspection stuff too. So there's some jurisdictions um, inspection-wise in town that we won't inspect that the State Fire Marshal does. So number one, it's uh, hospitals and nursing homes, jails and prisons, Ooh. public schools, and hotels and motels. Oh, so wow. they'll, the State Fire Marshal will do them inspections on there. Uh, those properties with our assistance if needed. Okay. Um, they all there is also all obviously state fire marshal investigators. So we can they're kind of for jurisdictions or municipals that don't have a dedicated fire investigator. They'll call them down and do some of the investigations for those smaller um, departments or smaller cities. And then obviously we can use them as resources to. Um, to assist with us. So there's some mandatory stuff where we need to call them. Any large dollar loss fire, million dollars or more, any suspected arson fires, any uh, fatal fires or something like that, that's an automatic call to the state fire marshal to come um, insist to assist with us. And then they want to be notified of any fire in one of those buildings that they inspect. So sure. small fire at a school that they inspect, they want to be made aware of that too. And by the way, you can find out more about our fire department by simply going to our city's website, red-wing.org, and look under government and under city departments. It's pretty uh, clear where to look, fire and emergency medical. Talking with Andy Speltz, our fire marshal here in the city of Red Wing. Now I know we had a, oh my gosh, we had a slew, of, I think in a week, we had everything from a boat fire to a house fire. Uh, and then I believe there was a brush fire. Now, not all of those, maybe the cause of those maybe weren't in doubt, but is that something like the boat fire, for instance? Thankfully, no one was injured. But uh, now, do you have to deal with hazardous materials as well? Because I would imagine a fire, if that is involved, has got to be a little little different than maybe just your typical run-of-the-mill fire, if there is such a thing? Yeah, the run-of-the-mill fire nowadays <laughs> is a lot different than it was 20 years ago, especially really? with all the plastics that people carry oh, in their home. So oh, when that, wow. stuff, that stuff burns, it's it's the nasty black smoke, it's the bad chemicals it gives off, and it's Ooh. it's all that dangerous stuff. The same that's in these um, boat fires that we go to, too, with all the plastics and all the fiberglass uh, that the boats are constructed out of makes for a pretty dangerous mess there, too. But the investigation's the same whether it's uh, um, someone's home or it's someone's boat that they may or may not live on. The investigation goes the same. That particular one down at the uh, uh, marina down there is, is still under investigation, so we can't say a whole lot. But sure. um, other insurance companies, as well as state fire marshal, if we need them, other insurance companies will hire their own investigators, oh. too, to investigate on their behalf because, obviously, they have a vested interest in sure. the property um, that they're insuring. Well, Andy Speltz is our guest this morning on Good Morning Red Wing. I really appreciate his time. Um, now, we've got two fire stations in town. 
So when there's a call, do both stations generally respond or does it depend on what part of town? There is a, um, when that station opened up in 2018, I believe, there's a dividing boundary as far as jurisdiction between station one and station two. And that's uh, right now that's Bench Street and going out south down county one. So that's kind of the divider between station one district, station two district. So typically that's crew out there. Um, which is a crew of two, so there's currently eight career staff now on shift. Six of them will remain downtown, and two uh, will be out at that West Station, and that was basically split the percentage of calls. They run roughly 25 to 30% of the calls out there in that district, so we'll th- we throw about a quarter of the staff out there, and then they'll, they'll try and maintain, run them calls out there as needed. Does the fire department do public outreach, and, and are you involved with that at all? Yeah, so we have a pretty robust public education program as well, too. Um, it's typically got started with our young kids in our schools because they were finding um, the data was showing that these home fires that we're having, the people that weren't able to escape were young children mm. and then older seniors because of possibly because of mobility issues. Sure. Um, so they were they were hitting the public schools pretty hard to reinforce that message that fires are bad, fires are dangerous, the only safe place is outside. So teach them how to get low and go, get outside, go to a meeting place, call 911. So we used to, uh, since I've started in the prevention department, we've been going to kindergarten up through fifth grade, and now we've since gone into the the preschools and the day, daycare centers wow. already too. So as young as three years old, wow. they're getting fire prevention ed- education from us. Well, I think that's good for law enforcement and you folks because it teaches them that you guys are their friends. And I, I don't think the fire department, it's a little different than law enforcement, but in a, but in a way, you guys have a, have a uniform and marked vehicles, obviously. And you want kids and younger people to be familiar and comfortable with the role you play in whatever town they live in. Correct. Yep. Do you guys ever venture outside of uh, Red Wing, so to speak? I, I know it's a city operation rather than a Goodhue County, but I do, I guess I notice uh, occasionally you have to call in other fire departments from some of our communities nearest, whether it's Lake City, yep. Cannon Falls or whatever. Are, are you guys kind of... Uh, not too sure what the word would be, but kind of partners in that that situation. Yeah. Sometimes? So as far as emergency response goes, our our fire crews, fire suppression crews, and our EMS ambulance crews will cover obviously their jurisdiction, but they will, upon requests from other nearby agencies, go out for mutual aid requests. It's called whether they don't have the manpower or they need additional help. Yeah, we come, we show up as long as we're available to help them out, and then in turn they return the favor as well too. Nice. Um, we're starting to do a little bit with that even in within our prevention department. So I'm the program manager right now for all of Southeast Minnesota for youth fire setter intervention training. So if we get calls from anyone in the area that where parents have seen their witness their kids starting fires or something intentionally, maliciously, something like that, that service or that gets funneled through the state office. And then if it's in my Southeast area, which is 18 counties right now, um, that call goes to me. And then I have people that I can strategically place geographically Um, to address some of these concerns with some of these youth fire setters. One thing I wanted to mention, you kind of brought up uh, setting fires intentionally, which is horrifying. Is there a certain percentage or do you find a lot of arson or is it usually just an accidental fire, whether it's bad wiring or people smoking and then, you know, fall asleep or whatnot? Is there a large problem with arson around here? We're we're fortunate in our community. We don't have um, a significant amount of arson related fires. Um, but however, there is a roughly 30% of the fires that we do investigate will go undetermined oh. because we can't rule out 
one thing or the other, say electrical or something like that. If you can't definitively rule out every other cause or every other heat source, it naturally has to be determined, undetermined. So some of that could be intentionally set. Sure. And then I would imagine law enforcement has to get involved if you do. do Anytime we suspect that. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we got a minute or two left. Andy Speltz, our fire marshal here in the city of Red Wing on Good Morning Red Wing. We really appreciate his time. Why don't we wrap things up by uh, simply asking, I'm looking at some of your uh, questions and, and things here on your website, actually. Oh, let's see. The ride-along policy, that's that's something that I thought of when I looked at your website, and maybe I will uh, figure that out. But do you guys have a lot of folks in the public or city personnel or whoever that might be curious and want to learn what you folks do? We do have a ride-along program um, that we use pretty regularly. I say, you know, five or six maybe a year that will sign up and do a ride-along. So um, like you said, there's an application on the website you have to fill out. Once you fill out that paperwork, set a date and a time, you show up, you're strictly an observer, you wear a little yellow vest that says that, they uh, confiscate your cell phone for the day, and then you run calls with the guys. Oh, interesting. Now, is that a um, full day, or maybe that depends on your job? Yep, it depends on, yeah, you can set the parameters pretty much. It can be full day, half day, eight hours, 12 hours, whatever you choose. it pretty interesting. Yeah, so we issue all the burning permits uh, for the city of Red Wing. So our jurisdiction there is city limits of Red Wing and Wakuta Township because they contract with us for fire protection. Um, So we'll issue the burning permits specifically for the city of Red Wing, and they apply for a permit, it gets granted, and then they get six weeks to burn. So if there is dry conditions, or lately it's been air quality issues um, that either come from the Minnesota DNR or it comes from the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency, if they limit or restrict burning, then we send notices out to all these folks that have permits that says you're suspended until they lift those restrictions. And then no, obviously no new burning permits are issued during that time. Well, Andy, I really appreciate your time. Andy Speltz, our City of Red Wing Fire Marshal, part of our fantastic uh, fire department. Really appreciate your time, Andy. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you.